0: Giving you Uh, sugar for the tea back to another episode of Trifling But True. It's your girl Lori. Hey, hey y'all, it's your girl I'm Jay. Amy. And it's your girl Asia. How y'all doing? And we have a very special guest in a building, the CPA entrepreneur, Mr. Brian Robertson. Robertson. What up, what
1: up, what up? Definitely hey. appreciate y'all
0: having me the show. thank you for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Looking yes. forward
1: to a dope conversation. Yes. Yes,
0: excited to have you. Mm-hmm. Yes, so we just want to get in and just kind of fill each other out. Like, how are we doing today?
2: I'm doing fantastic. It's been a great day.
3: Good, other than these technical difficulties we have, but we doing good. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has been a very trying day. It's been a
1: pretty chill day, so I can't complain.
0: Oh,
2: good. Good for you. That's good. Good. You out here making. Uh oh, AG. Yeah, so, did you um want to go ahead yeah. and get into some icebreakers? Or, Brian, do you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself first before we get into your icebreakers for those who have no idea who you are?
1: Yeah, so for those that don't know me, um, as I mentioned, I'm a CPA, so. CPA stands for Certified Public Accounting, for those who don't know. And I'm an entrepreneur, uh, so I invest in real estate. I have a car rental business. I have a credit repair business. Um, and I also do financial consulting. Um, my background is from South suburbs of Chicago. Um, went to Northern Illinois University. And my bachelor's in accountancy. Um, and I worked in big four accounting for a couple of years. And now I'm, a, now I'm a full-time entrepreneur, so a little bit about myself.
0: That is amazing. You have a. That's, that's oh, impressive. That's so dumb. Yes, you have a. <laughs> yes. Very impressive.
2: We love yes. to see successful Ch- Ch- black Ch- men. So shout out to that.
3: Mm-hmm. Crush. Are we ready to get into the crush?
2: Yes. So the art crush for this week is my really good friend who is also a nurse. So shout out to her for working during this crazy pandemic and being a frontline worker. And um, I am talking about my girl Zing. She also just graduated. She got her um, BSN. Um, so shout out to her. Um, She also has her own wig making company. Now, her wigs be on point, okay? Um, Her Instagram for her um, wig company is called The Bomb Beauty Wigs, Um, and she takes custom orders. Um, So, if you follow her on Instagram, she has her phone number in her bio where you can text her to place orders. Um, So, definitely go check her out and support her. She got you know, all, all the hair needs. Since you can't go to the shop and get your hair done, you might want to hit her up, okay? Be okay. cute in the house during quarantine.
3: Okay. Um, and if
2: you care to follow her personal Instagram, um, you can follow her at IHeartZing, and we will put all her information in the description.
0: That is so dope. She's saving last and edges.
3: All the is- sure cute. everybody need a wig now.
0: Okay, including me. I am- <laughs> right, everybody.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Facts.
0: <laughs> that is so dope. So, oh, and congratulations. Graduation. I try to congratulate everybody in 2020. Yeah, 2020. I know. I, f- I felt bad. Yeah, they didn't get the uh, graduation they deserved. Yeah, she couldn't
2: walk, so she had to do a zip. Oh, yeah. But she graduated nonetheless. So, hey, you still going to get your degree.
0: Right, that's all that matters.
3: That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. All right, we ready for the topic? Right. Our trifling
1: truth. Yes. Let's do it. Y'all
0: pulling it up? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I can't tell if there's so, a-, it's a lag. It's a silence, so I'm like, is somebody about to talk? Um, but yeah, so we did want to dive into how finances play a role in relationships. So hopefully, we can keep this conversation going without too much of a lag in the in the connection. Um, but I definitely am excited to kind of hear what you have to say when it comes to finances in general also
1: with dating okay yes
2: and you did send us a tweet did you want to dive into that tweet first because that was some real shit you had in that
1: tweet i mean it's up to you Y'all show let <laughs> let me let me know what y'all want was
3: it to your, was this, did this happen to you like was this huh? your scenario or are you like a made-up scenario is it your scenario No. Or did you just like that's much my scenario
1: Plus more <laughs> okay so <laughs> so for those who are well, well, here, I'm, um, I, I, yeah somebody read off the tweet and then I can I don't really I got fully it fully remember it. you got it all right yeah
2: it says helped my girl save her first ten thousand been working on her credit as well now we're eight points away from seven hundred Next goals, help her make 10000 outside of her full-time gig and purchase and rehab her first property. You want me to read all of it or just that, the first part?
1: I'm, I feel like that whole thing is important.
2: Yeah, all of it. I'm <laughs> She's smart as hell, too. She fixed my resume to help me get my last job as a financial analy- analyst, which freed up so much of my time to do everything that I do on the side. My income increased substanti- substantially after that time freed up. She was the catalyst. I think what helps is both of us made substantial efforts before we even met to focus on healing from any childhood trauma, developing personally and professionally, and figured out what we wanted and needed in a partner. And we cater to one another's love languages.
1: Yeah. So uh, so this was a real scenario, first and foremost. Beautiful. But um i did how how it all started let me let me take you guys back so when we first met um it wasn't like any intent from shooting shot or anything like that i saw that she worked at hr um and at the time i was trying to get out of my big four job because it was taking too much of my time so i hit her up saw she just got a job you know working at hr i'm like can you hold my resume blah, blah blah i'll trade you my basically financial services um So from the jump before we even, you know, got intimate or anything like that, I got to see what her finances were looking like and was able to, you know, make recommendations here and there, and she followed them to a T. Uh, So that kind of showed that she really wanted to, you know, be better financially. Um, I think at one point, she even canceled a vacation just to, you know, make sure she hit her savings goal, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of where it started from a, a, a financial standpoint. And I'm not sure I would recommend, you know, people getting that into one another's finances right away. Uh, but in this case, it wasn't like a, I guess it wasn't a one-for-one situation because we wasn't, you know, thinking about anything like being intimate or anything like that. So uh, that's kind of where the financial thing kind of picked off, picked up. Um but in terms of helping her, it was really just me assisting her, you know, creating a budget, helping her, you know, stay disciplined and being that accountability partner to make sure she was doing what she was supposed to do. But she did most of the legwork, you know, she physically had to save that money. Um, she physically had to, you know, stay disciplined to kind of not focus on her immediate wants, but her long-term goals. Uh, so that's where that saving kind of came into play. And then with the credit piece, you know, I do credit repair. So definitely wanted to make sure if we were gonna be dating or anything like that, that she was gonna be able to have good credit to be able to leverage that to build wealth, um, not just for herself, but as a unit together. And right now we're actually searching for um, a property to renovate, um, and then flip. So we're gonna do our first we're gonna do our first one together as a unit. I'm definitely looking forward to that. We haven't found one yet, but we're looking at- sh- we definitely have been on a hunt the past couple of weeks looking in chicago so yeah that's that's a that's a bit uh of the first piece and I guess the second piece with you know just working on yourself and I think that's something that a lot of us kind of don't place a huge emphasis on. We kind of focus on a ton of different things you know, whereas we live in this microwave society and society's always pulling us in a ton of different directions, you know, we got our job, we're trying to keep up with our health in terms of working out. Um, but in terms of working on our actual mental, a lot of us don't do that. We're not. A lot of us don't go to therapy to kind of heal from all of those past experiences or any childhood trauma that we've experienced, it, experienced. And we're not sitting down and asking ourselves, you know, these deep questions to kind of figure out why we act the way we do. Um, and I know personally, myself, I did a ton of that kind of like soul searching, uh, person development journey in college to really figure out why I act the way I did, and I think she did the same. Um, and it's been nothing but fruitful since. Not to say like we perfect or anything like that, but we definitely are uh, striving to, to just be our best selves. So definitely paid a ton of dividends. Yes, yeah,
0: I think that is so beautiful. I'm Drops Mike. <laughs> hey, honestly, that is beautiful. And I tell, <laughs> I tell people when people. Come, like, when people like that come into your life that help you grow in so many ways, that's like heaven sent, like a blessing. Like you said, everybody can't get that. So, I mean, I think that was beautiful, but I do feel like a lot of people aren't financially mature to help people in those types of situations.
1: No, that's, that's yeah, factual. I think you got to be, I think, I think you got to be able to be receptive as well.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. it has to be a mutual journey, honestly. Anyone
1: to cut somebody off.
3: Sure. <laughs> it's okay. It's a lag. <laughs> but I was going to say, I think um, <laughs> like, first of all, y'all both like kind of put yourselves out there like to be vulnerable because like telling somebody that you're not like,
0: somebody that you're dating and I don't know how
3: long you guys knew each other before then or friends but like somebody somebody that you're dating like it's hard to to open up and say I have this amount of debt I only make you know this much x y and z like that's putting yourself out there and basically y'all taking the steps to the next level without actually saying like okay now we're going to be or I see you as more than just a girlfriend I see you as x y and z it's kind of like after that
0: well we in this now right <laughs> so i <don't> <laughs> right and honestly like talking like no, you're saying, finances is so that puts you in such a vulnerable state with somebody because that is so personal like people who use that against you in so many ways and like embarrass you or like make you feel less than because you don't know like a lot of times we just don't fucking know if we knew better we probably would do much better but
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's hard when you fought when you yeah. i call it financial uh generational curses because that's what they are <laughs> and I, it's hard to break those but it's well worth it Yeah. Mm-hmm. No.
1: Sure. I think that we're always, you know, as African-Americans, I was going to say, I think we're always in a constant like survival mode. So we're always trying to, you know, play defense. We're always trying to play defense um, and life in general, trying to make sure, you know, we keep all our ducks in a row, but we're never getting to the point where we're playing offense. And that's where kind of um, that gap between generational wealth between, you know white um, caucasians and asians and the african-americans mexicans et cetera, etc etc cetera, uh, um, just people in color in general we're always playing defense instead of playing offense and you can't truly play offense until you really get your finances together because it doesn't matter how much you make like if you have those issues with spending and all of that like you're going to blow the bag regardless uh so that's why it's just super important like that we acknowledge first and foremost that we don't have it we don't have it all together you know we probably Most of us have these poverty mindsets where we're programmed to spend. We're programmed to spend money before we even get it. Like we're planning out to spend our check before, you know, it hit hit as a direct deposit. So uh, we got to admit that and be brutally honest first and foremost. And then from there, you can work to change that mindset. And then you got to put that work in to really just, up in terms of financial literacy, like you got to read the books, you know, you got to, you know, research different topics. You really got to put the effort in because nobody's going to come along and just teach you. You're not going to learn it in schools, not even in college. So, you really just got to, you know, go down that personal development journey and kind of learn it from yourself. Um, or you know, purchase a course here and there and kind of just go from there. But you just got to be brutally honest with yourself and then move forward from there. And a lot of people aren't brutally honest and it just inhibits their growth from a financial perspective.
0: Yeah, I agree with that a whole 100%. I actually had a question for you, Brian.
2: Yeah, I had a question for you. So were your parents financially responsible and actually like were willing to like help you learn how to budget and finance, you know, deal with your finances or are you completely self-taught with this?
1: I'm completely self-taught. Um, my mom. So growing up, we we lived check to check. Um, I was in a two-parent household up until eighth grade, and my mom. You know, even though we were living check to check, even with a two-parent household, my mom she was very materialistic and always made sure you know we had the flies clothes. You know, that's when Rockaway, you know, South Pole, Lot Twenty Nine, all that shit was hot. Uh, everybody wore white ones. Like that was back in those days. So we always made sure we had the flies gear. And that kind of translated to me. So my first job was at Culver's working as the cashier. And I would literally take my check every weekend and go buy a pair of mics. Like, go pair get a pair of mics, you know, get, some, get a shirt or something to match. Like, literally repeating the same thing. And it wasn't until I graduated NIU and I realized, you know, I'm in debt from student loans, credit card debt. I just bought a brand new car that I shouldn't have bought. It really took all of that, um, and also seeing my credit score, it was like 580 at the time, it really took seeing all of that to make me want to change, from there, I literally took a year and read like 24 books on mindset, on finance, on entrepreneurship, etc., and then from there, I just started implementing all the things that I was learning in these books, Um, you know, I started budgeting pretty heavily, started saving a ton of my money just to really see what I can do. Because I know a lot of people that I'm close with, they've never seen like, you know, 10K in their bank account. Um, And having $1,000 is a lot of money to a lot of people when in reality it's really not. So I just written down this this personal development and financial development journey to really just figure out what I can do. Um, And I just found out that I really had a passion for it. But I think it was a little bit easier for me because, you know, I am a CPA, so I did have a background in finance, kind of, but at the same time, personal finance and, like, accounting and all of that is totally different. Like, we don't learn anything personal finance related when we get an accountancy degree. We just learn how to basically help corporations uh, make money and save money, so.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> um, it's crazy because, like, like, I I grew up in a two-parent household, too, and, like, my parents are pretty well off. They have some things. I'm not going to put them out there, but they had some things in their past happen when they were probably my age, and I think that that kind of fueled them to educate me more on, um, uh, like, money management and stuff, like, my mom, at a young age, my mom went with me to the bank to open up a checking and a savings account, and like, so I think she kind of geared me that way, to avoid, like the mistakes that her and my dad made in the past. So I'm like thankful for that. However, a bitch still got student loans. Like nobody told me that part. It's still gonna be a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I think that that's cool though that you kind of took it and ran with it and made it like your career. Like you took what you saw and you really made something of it. You created your own life. That's super.
0: Yeah, that's super dope. I think like um, a lot of black households, my where I come from, like my parents, they have money. They spend money. Like they have it to spend it. Like the first dollar in first dollar out, like, that's what they do, and um, I never really knew how to save or um, just be disciplined with money and stuff like that. I wasn't really mature when I opened a credit card, so um, I had to learn the hard way on that, and I just think that if I had more guidance and just a lot more discipline in my life when it came to finances, I think I would have been well better off. I probably wouldn't have went to NIU for the first two years, <laughs> like a smart person. Cause you know, I just would have saved so much money and not took out <laughs> too many loans. And not as bought as many cars, like that facts. is a fucking scam. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that is facts. Cause I know um, just from experience, like what I've seen working with different clients is that we all really take on the financial habits of whoever we were closest to or whoever we looked up to or whoever we spent the most time around. Um, So in most cases, you know, our money mindset isn't truly ours. Like we take on these bad financial habits from our parents or friends or celebrities or the media, et cetera. cetera. Um, And until we accept that, you know, we kind of fumble the bag and then we kind of reinvent ourselves financially, we're going to keep repeating Bad financial habits that other people had instead of creating our own financial identity. So that's why it's important to really reflect on what your financial habits are currently, and then seeing how that relates to your parents or whoever you grew up around, and then you know really connecting the dots, because then you know you basically took accountability for from the bag in the past, and then you realize you know, what you were repeating, uh, like that generational curse that you were repeating. And from there, you can forgive yourself. And then that's when you can move forward. But a lot of people, when they go on this self-discovery journey, they get so tied up and like, damn, I I, I did this, I messed up this, I did that. And they create this whole failure resume and they just get depressed.
0: But like really,
1: you know, all those mistakes can really be a launching board for your success. Yeah, I feel like in my life you, you, right just gotta, you gotta do that detail.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because that's the stage i'm in i kid you not this was just a couple months ago not even it was back in december when i left my nursing job at the hospital i walked away from a mm-hmm. lot of money and it wasn't until i walked away that i realized you just fucked over a lot of money for the last three years of your life and your savings account has zero dollars in it that's unacceptable and then I kind of went through that whole like beating myself up phase and like being angry. And I was like, that's not gonna help me. So I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I just learned a lesson. I know what not to do moving forward. Yep. And now I'm just trying to figure out how I can get the ball rolling and get myself back together.
0: Yeah. And it's honestly a learning process. It do- I don't think it happens yeah. overnight. Like people want- a- It
1: definitely
0: quick does. Yeah. Get mm-hmm. out of that quick scheme. And it don't work mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> like you actually have yeah. to pay it off. Like there's no way. Okay, quick question, because
2: right. you you just made me think of something, Lori, when you said people want to just do a quick fix scheme. Uh huh. What 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 do you how do you feel about that, Brian? Because some people will pay someone like four hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars, and then they got like a seven hundred seven hundred credit score in three months. Like.
3: Mm-hmm
2: do you think those are scams do you think
1: there's better ways to build your credit uh, so um when it comes to credit one um it's it's a it's not a one for one thing like everybody's credit situation is going to be different so the timetable it takes to like repair somebody's credit um is going to be different so first things first you know, credit repair isn't a scam like it really but it do, but you can get scammed out here so the first thing you kind of want to make sure you know you want to make sure that the person that um, is doing your credit repair is not like taking any money up front before issuing any services because that, in fact, uh, is something that you can't do. But credit repair isn't like super expensive or anything like that. But because people, you know, they're not paying their bills on time. They let stuff go to collections. Like these things won't come off your credit report for like seven years unless you get it with a specialist and you get those removed or you take it upon yourself to kind of learn these skills, uh, which I do recommend for a lot of people, because then you can help, you know, others in your family as well. Um, but you can definitely get items removed off your credit report and fix it like over six months or like over a year's time or whatever. Personally, it took me like four or five months to go from 580 to the 700 uh, because that that's because I invested the time and kind of stuck with it. But a lot of people, they don't have the discipline to uh, consistently, you know, send letters to the credit bureaus and dispute here and there. So it probably would pay dividends for the average person to just pay a specialist. Um, but a lot of people do want that instant gratification. So I, work for, I work with clients all the time when they like, can, I, can we finish this in a month? I'm like, it don't work like that. <laughs> it definitely doesn't work like that because literally it's laws in place. Regarding credit and reporting, and each credit bureau automatically has 30 to 45 days to respond to your dispute. So there's no way you're gonna you go from A to Z in um, 30 to 45 days unless you had like one or two items on your credit. Uh, then it's possible. Most people be having like, you know, seven to 10 negative items that they need removed.
2: Okay, that's good information to know. Some people, like me, I'm still learning credit. And I'm guilty mm-hmm. to say that I don't know a lot about it. I don't so. trust
0: that. Yeah, I would rather learn it myself and fix it mm-hmm. myself. Because I just don't trust people, especially when it comes to my personal information. So I would have to learn it myself. Well, like, yeah. Especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So, um, Brian, then. So we had a question. Is it Sorry. bad to, to check your credit score? um and then aside from that tell
1: us more about like how fico scores play a role in that too okay so no um it's not bad to check your credit score like you can use you know a plethora of different resources um that most of them most of which are free a lot of people use credit karma um which is not a bad app and it's not a fake credit score but it uses what's called the Vantage score which um, is in fact the real credit score, but it's used less frequently by lenders. So that's why the FICO score is way, you know, way heavily. So if you want to check your FICO score for free, you can download the Experian app. Uh, and Experian is one of the three credit bureaus. Or you can download. You can go on online to Discover Scorecard. Like if you Google Discover Scorecard, you can sign up that way. You don't have to be a You don't have to have a Discover card or anything like that. Um, And they give you your free FICO score for experience as well. Um, But Credit Karma is great in terms of seeing what's on your credit report, but they only show you two credit bureaus. So that's the only bad thing about it. But twice a year, um, you can go to annualcreditreport.com and actually get all of your credit reports to see like what's on them. Because you never know, Uh, 70% 70 of all credit reports have errors on them. That's super important to be checking your credit reports often because, you know, that negative information can pop up and impact your credit scores and it might not even be applicable to you. Uh, So definitely you want to be checking it. And because of the pandemic, actually, you can check your credit report on annualcreditreport.com like every two weeks, I think, or every week or something like that. So definitely
0: you want to take advantage
1: of that so you you can really see, you know, what's going on with your credit.
0: And that's for free. Every two Yeah,
1: weeks. that's for free. Like, I literally, I literally was just on it earlier today because uh, I was trying to see if I got some shit removed off mine because I'm, I'm trying to get to 800 now just because that's right. for bragging rights.
0: <laughs> bragging
2: rights.
3: I'm going to catch up to you one day. Don't worry. Yes. So, question about that then since you just said that. <laughs> mm. Okay, so I know me and Lori are infamous uh dave ramsey fans uh we call him Um, so he talks about you know how you don't need a credit score credit scores are they're not important you can still rent you can still get a home you can still do all that stuff without a credit score how do you feel about that because i am like i agree with him but then i'm also but no, I want a credit score. And I think just like you said, like for bragging rights and just so like I don't have to even go through all of that underwriting and all that stuff. Like I just want to get want to get and then be out.
0: Yeah, it's almost right. like I want to staple that I am responsible with money. So yeah. You money, I right. manage, You know, type of thing. I, I still want to be debt free, but like I use a credit card every now and then and just pay it right off. I want right. it to be more manageable now. So, mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. I'm like all for Dave Ramsey that free side, but when it comes to the credit side, that's when
3: I'm yeah. like, like, same. Aww. Right, right.
1: So how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that. So, I started off, you know, listening to Dave Ramsey here and there. Um, and you're gonna have different stages in your financial journey. So, when you're first starting out, like Dave Ramsey is great because he teaches you, you know, to make smart decisions with your money in terms of spending, in terms of, you know, saving, in terms of paying off debt. But when it comes to wealth building, Dave Ramsey is not the advocate that you want to go by. um, (laughs) Because leveraging debt to basically build wealth is one of the easiest things you can do. You know, once you kind of get the money management and everything down, you'll be way more, um, you'll be in a way better position to be actually able to manage debt and able to, you know, make money. So, Dan Ramsey, he caters to a specific audience. So I always think it's super important to um, take what you can from certain individuals, but you're not going to agree with them, you know, 100% of the time. Because at the end of the day, personal finance is personal. So, you know, you got, you really got to find what works for you. So it's great that you started off with Dave Ramsey. So take, it, take what you can get. Um, but then, you know, you're gonna, probably going to have to find different information for different stages in your life. But um, Dave Ramsey is great for certain individuals, but definitely isn't for anybody, uh, not any and everybody. So, yeah, you really just got to take what you can get because it's, it's, it's a ton of different methods to do it. Like Dave Ramsey has his methods, other people have their methods, and it works, but you know, it really just depends on how you want to spend it,
2: sure.
1: Like, to answer your question, though, I was going to say uh, credit, credit, I, I think credit is super important, like leveraging credit. I say you should really only leverage your credit to make money, though. Um, Like credit isn't really for things. Like it's not to buy, it's not for it to buy things. Like the only reason I think individuals should, you know, use credit cards on a daily basis is if they're using it for their everyday spending and then and, and only using it to get the points. Like, if you're going to go to the grocery store and spend $200, and you might as well just put it on the credit card and pay it off immediately and get the cash back if you have a cash back credit card. Like, if you're going to spend the money anyway, you might as well get the points for it. But if you're just, you know, spending on clothes or anything like that, um, and it's not like an everyday expense, you might as well just pay cash for it because that's, that's how you can get into a lot of debt really quickly you just swipe in mindlessly, and then before you know it, your credit card maxed out.
0: So, you don't advise
1: store cards? Definitely not store cards, unless they could be used at more than that store. Like, for instance, I have a Best Buy card, but I can use that anywhere. It doesn't have to just be used at Best Buy. But store cards limit you um, if they only can be used at that individual store.
3: And I feel like you spend more too, because you like. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I got my card. I could buy this whole set and some sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Bed. Like, no, Man, not
0: it's no. It's a setup. You got to <laughs> use your credit card to get the discount. Right. Nah, yep.
1: <laughs> That's how they get you. Uh-huh. For the ladies out there, I would say, like, literally, probably 80% of the women that I help with credit repair had Victoria's Secret uh, credit cards go to collections. Like, they get a ton of people. So, <laughs> you understand? You wanna stay at the vic stay away from the Victoria's secrets, the pinks, all of that, because they get everybody for real. Yeah.
3: I'll be in and out. Mm-mm. You want a credit card? No, ma'am. <laughs> right. Oh, right. I'm quick yeah. to say. No, thank you. No. No, thank you. you. No. <laughs> um,
2: so I did have a question too to kind of circle back and tie it back into relationships. So we did give a little mm-hmm. bit of background for people who don't know about credit and so we have some general information at least. Um mm-hmm. But how do you feel about people putting stuff in their name like using their credit to get things for other people in relationships Oof. i've only seen that end badly i've never seen that end
1: well
0: i'll be honest i've never seen that be successful ever yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so one of my rules is like never co-sign for anyone like i don't care who it is never co-sign for anyone and
0: okay. then if you're gonna
1: put not even your husband, or wife. Like cosigning is like, nah. You, you just can't do it. Um, like, and if you if you're gonna do something together as a unit, like have something in writing. Like if it's if it's a husband and wife, and let's say you know they're going to purchase a property together, it's smart for only one person to be on the loan because then the other person can get another house in their name too. But you know, on the side, you want to have something in writing that states that um they're in this 50-50. 50/50. Uh, regardless of, you know, what's on the loan or anything like that, because you never really know what can happen. So it's always just important to protect your downside that way. But I highly, highly, highly recommend never co-sign it for anyone because, you know, they don't have to pay that back. Um, like if, if someone, let's say me and L'Oreal, we went to buy something together, I put it in my name, but it was for her and it was a vehicle. If she doesn't pay, they're going to come after me, like, because I co-signed, co-signed on that loan, and I'm going to be liable for it. Um, but it takes away that kind of responsibility factor because they know that it's going to, it's basically going to fall back on that other individual. So definitely wouldn't recommend co-signing for anybody, um, unless it's your kids. Like, you doing that parent plus loan or anything like that, like, go for it. But just know, as a parent, you're probably going to be responsible for that. <laughs>
2: I, I, I definitely agree with that um uh, my yeah. mom really co-signed fork on a car for me um uh, but that's mm-hmm. my mom like and honestly she did it because she knows that um you know i, I ain't gonna let her down like i'm not gonna leave her hanging when mm-hmm. i know her credit still isn't the best but it was better than mine at the time and even with the student loan she got parent plus loans in her name but somehow yet i'm still giving her money to pay the
3: loan but, but they get paid. That's how it should be, I feel like. I mean, you the one that went to school, so I feel like anybody whose parent does a parent plus, mm-hmm. like, be a civil person and pay that shit back. Yeah. <laughs> but... <It cares>. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, okay, so do you believe hey, in joint accounts? Do you believe, like, husband and wife having a joint account together?
1: I do. Um, But honestly, only to pay bills, Um, because honestly, the way I'm going to set up my household, we're probably not going to be paying bills together. It's going to be like our assets are going to pay for bills. So that's kind of the way I like to set up my life. Like, let's say I wanted to go and buy a Tesla. I have to have some income generating assets to pay for it. That's kind of how I set my life up. Like, for example, you know, I own my own three unit building and I don't pay rent. And I don't even pay my mortgage, my tenants pay for it. So if I was to get a house, an actual house with a woman, we're married, you know, we're going to have property and that's going to pay for the mortgage on that and then some. So when you set it up like that, it's no back and forth about who's paying this and who's paying that because you got other people paying it for you. So that kind of takes that equation out of it um, and just help you guys flourish more because now you don't got to worry about your expenses. It's like all that's taken care for us. And now you're just worried about, you know, buying more, generating assets or using that additional income or your working income to go on vacation or, you know, to do whatever. So that's kind of the way I want to set up my life. and I think that's something that everybody should do because it just makes it easier on both individuals because money is one of the leading causes of divorce. So when you got that under wraps, like you can really focus on what's important, like love and, you know, taking care of one another having fun etc etc so um, I think it's important to set your life up to where it's advantageous for both people
0: yeah I agree with everything you just said like I definitely want a joint bank account with my husband uh, just because I always believe I mean when we marry we are one so my mm-hmm. stuff is your stuff your stuff is my stuff yeah thanks. Like, we Finan- we have to communicate really well because when we put our finances together, like we both have to be responsible and mm-hmm. not like, you know, mess up the accounts for each other. I mean, mess up the accounts where we fucking shit up, you know. So mm-hmm. I definitely do believe in joint bank accounts because I know my parents don't have a joint bank account and I didn't see the success in that. So... <laughs> <laughs> I would just, I think two is better than one. <laughs> but yeah, like my parents,
2: they, they didn't have joint bank accounts and then got a joint bank account and then things went downhill from there. Um, but I think it was just, just because they were never on the same page with their spending habits. Like finances were something they never sat down to discuss. So it was always a problem for them. It was always an argument about money. And my dad being the overspender that he is, if he got it, he spends it, which is where I get it from. And my mom is more of like, I'm going to spend to pay my bills, but whatever I have, I'm going to hold on to it. And Mm -hmm. my dad would just dip into the account, spend, 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 not tell her that he's spending this money. She thinks the money's in there. She goes to take out money and the money gone. And it was just so many arguments. So I'm like, I've never seen joint bank accounts work in my household, but (laughs) also... Two very irresponsible people having a joint bank
1: account. No, nah, I feel that <laughs> you got to be on the same page. That's yeah. why I think you you got to talk about money like before you get married. Like I didn't talk to married couples where you know the husbands just DM me constantly like, or the wife is DM me constantly like, you know, we need help, we need help. He's not doing this or she's not doing that. You really got to be on the same page, and the only way you're gonna, you're going to get there is by you know talking about it um, or. You, you're gonna to commit to a long term relationship and could just gonna go haywire because you are just not on the same page. You gotta have that conversation.
3: How do you recommend um, like people who are in a relationship, how do you recommend that they bring that up as a topic of conversation? Cause sometimes it could be uncomfortable. Sometimes maybe you guys aren't on the same page financially. Maybe somebody is doing really good with their money. Maybe the other person isn't, or you just don't really, really talk about it. So what would you recommend? Like, how would you bring that up?
1: So you just, you really just got to communicate and really just be straightforward. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Like it is going to be uncomfortable because a lot of people, you know, they just don't like to talk about money in general. Like money is just a really taboo topic but you really just got to put yourself out there first um, and then the other person typically should follow. Um, But if they don't, you kind of just got to be a little bit patient with them because you should know their background as well. But, you know, if you don't, you really just got to ask those questions and just be brutally honest because there's no way a relationship is going to be successful without talking about finances because it's stressful. Like shit can be super stressful, especially when, you know, you have a goal, like if you want to buy a property and your partner just like, they just want to, you know, just live and be comfortable or, you know, just spend money all day, like y'all are going to get into it because there's a divide. But if you just put yourself out there, have those really intimate conversations, um, only positive things can happen. But it is going to be a period of uncomfortability that you, you got to know is going to come. So you really just got to communicate and really over communicate. Like, or shit, just it's just not gonna work. Um, and that's kind of what I saw in my last relationship because it was just like we were too different. You know, I was trying to build wealth, um, and they just weren't in a position where that was important to them. But we weren't communicating, we were having those conversations, and it just kind of went downhill from there. Um, and that just stems. I mean, that just kind of had a ton of other issues just follow after that because you know. When you mad and you just disconnecting, one issue turns into 10 real quick. Like you yeah. look, you yeah. literally look for things that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna find them a hundred percent. You start <laughs> listening to music that's aligned with you being mad, like all types of things. So you really just gotta have those conversations. <laughs>
3: that's so true. You know, real quick story since we on that topic. So me and my boyfriend, we started talking about finances because I kind of like suckered him into it. So we were going on like a a road trip and I was listening to podcasts. I was listening to Dave Ramsey on podcast, turned it on in the car. So we were like two, three hours of us just listening to Dave Ramsey. And we finally started talking about like, we would like respond to the scenarios um the callers had and be like oh that's messed up or like okay like why did they do that or why are they paying that much for a boat or whatever and so that kind of sparked conversation like well how much how much uh student loans you got <laughs> like, you got a credit card you got credit card debt? and so from there we kind of it, it it opened up the conversation and now that's like That's like all we talk about now. Now it's like, okay, well, are you paying off your credit card this month or what are we doing? So I think that that's very important that, you know, I don't know how you would go about because some people, like I said, are more closed off when it comes to finances because of, you know, generational or lack of generational wealth and it being communicated in the black family. But I think, you know, putting yourself out there is really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like you can't really be with nobody if y'all can't have a conversation about finances. Like, if I don't know how you spend money, I don't even know you. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, go ahead, Lori. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, if I don't know how you operate with your finances, if I don't know what kind of debt you in, I need to know how many credit cards you get, what their limits are. Like, I'm not asking for, like all of it up front or whatever but if it comes up i i I will be open with them and i suggest they be open with me and i feel like if you are uncomfortable talking about your finances that is definitely something you should probably work on and Mm talk to like a financial advisor or something because you have to face the music okay like it's never going to go away so i mean that's just how i feel but yeah i'm sorry go ahead
3: asia
2: no, yeah. Um, I was going to say too, a lot of people are just embarrassed. Like we. Yeah. like sometimes I look at my credit score, like I checked it today and it went up five points. So I was like, oh, no celebration. But like, <laughs> I feel like, dang, my, that, that's my credit score, shit. But if somebody asks me, I would rather be upfront than that come up later in the relationship. And they're like, well, why you ain't tell me? Or you lied about X, Y, and Z related to your finances or your credit. Like if you're just honest upfront and the person you're with is willing to like help you work through your debt and your financial issues then I see like there's no reason to be embarrassed but I mean we all mess up our credit at some point in our life we're all not perfect so. yeah I
0: feel like right now it's almost normal of millennials getting out of debt like all of us are doing the same exact thing we don't mm-hmm. want to have yeah. Debt. we don't want to be in payments for the rest of our fucking lives and yeah. I think that to have an accountability partner is such a blessing because you could grow in so many ways. Like, that's when I'll be thinking, like, that's when you need to dream big. Like, think bigger. Don't think of just, oh, I want my first property. Think of, oh, I want my first multi unit property. I want a mansion mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, when you have that type of support with you and by you and God at the same time, like, you're unstoppable. Yeah.
3: And Not
0: money sex. attracts you? Like money will just come to you. You don't never really have to work hard for money.
3: Yeah, and Brian, I think you like your um the scenario that Asia read earlier was like spot on. You you said um she fixed your resume to help you get your job. Your last job, last job, financial analyst, which mm-hmm. brings so much of my time to do everything that I do on the side, and I think that that is like the key, like. She helped you so that you could have more time to spend on what you really wanted to do before mm-hmm. and for her. And I think that you can, time you can't get back. Like once yeah. it's gone. And so I feel like that is like time is just it's just important. It's the essence of everything, honestly. Yeah.
0: Obviously, we're going into the unknown. We don't know how long we got at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that is <isn't laughs> true. Speaking of the unknown, I do have a question. What so, I don't well it's not past or official yet, <laughs> but the stimulus checks. What do you advise people do with the stimulus checks? The first ones we kinda tripped off. I ain't gonna lie. We all wanna over pretty little things and we got some fucking living room clothes. The second one we want to write. So what do you suggest that we were? Not living room? Oh. <laughs> hey,
1: you killing me. Look, look. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it really, it really depends on the person's situation. So I think um, if you don't have, like – first and foremost, like, make sure you get caught up on all your bills. You don't want any late payments or anything going to collections. Um, second thing I would say, if you don't have any type of, like, emergency fund uh, or any money saved for that purpose, put everything in your savings because um, that way you can start to build that because you don't want to be in a position where – you know, you lose your job or anything like that, um, that dog just threw me off. You lose your job. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm sitting at a weird angle because the light from my window, the front, now she moving, she was kind of. Right. Now she's going
1: to
0: be in the video, okay.
1: Right. No, so what I was saying, but uh, you don't want in a position where you lose your job and you're just not in a position to take care of yourself. Like,
0: it really it happened
1: to me. Like, two months ago, I got laid off. But I had, you know, all these uh, side hustles and all these business on the side where I was making more than my job anyway. So when I got the call, it was like, okay, I'm going to just go all in on my on my businesses and I've been able to double my income even more. So um, but for the average person who they don't have side hustles or anything like that, like you need to have some type of nest egg to hold you over because the stimulus checks, they're not going to keep coming, you know. Uh, super, super often. So, you just want to put yourself in a position where you're being proactive rather than reactive. Um, so, you know, you'll be good regardless. So, I always recommend, you know, having three to six months of expenses save up, but you start small. Like, you never had 500 save sites, save 500. You never had a grand, save a grand. You never had 5K. Like, set those goals and keep building and building and building. Um, and honestly, I would recommend, like, if you're really trying to change your financial trajectory, Save up your first 10K. Like, really go cold turkey with everything and save up your first 10K, and you will feel so much different. Like, that first 10K, like, it really change your life. Um, so that's really what I would recommend. Okay, I'm going to put
2: that on my list
0: for goals. Right, I'm like, let me write that
3: down. down. <laughs> <laughs> So what would be like your top three, um, like resources or tools for people to help them like budget, money, Mm money, what, like whether they're apps or books or what? So um, for budgeting, I actually have
1: a free spreadsheet. So if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter at the Infamous CPA, you can get that free monthly budget. Um, And then in terms of like a book, books that I would recommend one of the, one of my favorite books is called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eckert. So that dives kind of into all the things that um, the rich versus the poor versus the middle class and how they think and how they operate regarding money. And it also has a ton of like declarations and affirmations to kind of help you basically believe that you can do it, and then constantly remind yourself day after day of what you should be doing to the level of financially. So that's probably the number one book that I would recommend. Um, and then other books is like The Richest Man in Babylon. It's really great. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is really great. Um, and all of these books are in my bio as well, Instagram and Twitter. You can get them for free. They're the ebooks though. Um So if you don't like ebooks books just buy the physical copy or just get it on Audible so you can listen to it. Um, those probably are my top three like financial books. But Yeah, definitely utilize my budget tracker uh, and my monthly budget spreadsheet. And I also have a credit card tool as well. So if you're trying to get out of credit card debt, uh, you can find that in my bio as well. That's helpful in terms of getting organized with your credit card debt and um, just seeing where you are in terms of your credit utilization and all of that jazz. But outside of that, um, another book I recommend is called The Financial Starter Kit and Miss by this individual. Her name is Bees. Well, she goes by Bees. She's super dope. And she has a ton of financial, personal finance content in that book. Like, you'll learn pretty much everything you'll need to know about finances. So that's in my bio, too. Like, I got a ton of resources in my bio, as you can see. I can go for days. Um, and I have a DIY credit guide. I have pretty much everything you need to really get um, – level of financially like get out of your current position and get to where you want to go. So those are some of the resources that I would highly, highly recommend. Do
0: you but, also uh, have I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do you also yeah. have resources for um like beginner entrepreneurs, people who want to start a business? Like how do they go about that? How do they set themselves up financially? What you gotta start with, mm-hmm. look for, things like that.
1: So I don't yet, but, like, I have a lot of that on my hit list in terms of creating, you know, resources for that particular purpose. Um, but my number one tip for entrepreneurs, like, starting out is just, just start. Like, I, a lot of people, they focus on perfection up front. And I'm here to tell you, like, you're not going to be perfect. Like, put out that content because you got to really have the mindset, like, if you help one person and you touch one person with a post, like, that's a win. And, you know, that one person can turn into 500 because they went and told five of their friends. And those five friends told, you know, five of their other friends. So you really got to play the numbers in that regard and just constantly constantly be putting out content, constantly trying to help people. Um, And really the easiest way to test out, you know, some of the things that you want to do is helping people for free. Like if you have a service-based product that you want to do, help people for free. That's how I got started. I literally used to help people with their money management for free with budgeting and all of that, help them set up budgets and give them recommendations. Um, And that's how I was able to, you know, kind of hone my skills in that regard. And really it's like free market research in a sense, because now, you know, what people are looking for um, and you're able to tailor your product to that particular audience that you're targeting. So really just get started because, you know, you're gonna learn more from experience than you will from reading a ton of books and, and so on and so forth. I'm not saying that the knowledge component isn't important, but the experience is gonna take you super, super far.
0: Would you say it just starts with your mindset?
1: It like, definitely starts with your mindset. Like um,
0: right. you have to change like, your mindset and how you think mm-hmm. and how you view you it. You
1: definitely do. You go. Definitely do. Especially coming from the communities that we come from, like you come from a low-income background, like you automatically wired to think that, you know, money and everything else isn't abundant, and it really is. Like there's enough money out here for everybody. It doesn't matter if it's a million other people in your lane. It's billions of people in the world. So imagine if you can capture one percent of those individuals, like even half of one percent. Like it's always somebody out there that that you can help you've got to be willing to put yourself out there to help them
2: yeah yeah that was some great advice but the one thing that still is kind of i'm thinking about is when you said like people start with perfection like they need everything to kind of be planned out in order because i'm that person mm-hmm. like when i plan something and i want to put something out there i'm always thinking of like i need to do it right before i even like put it out there but sometimes you don't know step two when you figure mm-hmm. out step one, so sometimes you just yeah, have to take right. that step and just like, hey, I'm gonna just see what happens. Put myself out there. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And now you know what not to do again. So, yep, just not trying to be per- yeah. perfect out the gate. I think will stop a lot. Of, will help a lot of people like not be fearful of starting their
0: business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Because the market, the market is going to tell you what's what's bad about your product. Like, let's say you created a course and. You want it to be perfect from the jump, but it's never going to be perfect because even if you try to, um, I guess, guess what questions people are going to ask and kind of answer them up front, people are still going to come up with different questions that you never thought of. And then that just gives you an opportunity to go back and refine that so that the next person doesn't have that question that the other person did. Um, so that's why it's just important to just throw it out there because the market is going to, it's going to help you be more perfect. And you're never going to create a perfect product until you get that feedback and that feedback is super, super important.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I have a quick question. Going back to something that before. I don't know how much time we have, but I want to ask this question. Um, so you're how old 26 26 so is your audience primarily millennials or do you have like a hard time getting like an older audience to like believe you (laughs) like if you say like i i fix credit i'm i do credit repair like are they skeptical of your age or do you think that that's helped you uh
1: i don't think it i don't think it helped or really hurt i think that um i really just show my results like that's what i'm really big on like i'm posting my results i'm showing my results Cause at the end of the day, that's, that's, um, so I really just leverage that, but we yeah, really have had any issues from that standpoint. And then shit, I know I make a lot of, a lot more money than a lot of people that's older than me in the audience that I'm looking for. So, um, that kind of helps as well. And that's why I make sure to show what's kind of possible in terms of, you know, the income that I'm generating, because that kind of what fuels me as well. And I think we've, like, like I mentioned earlier, you know, coming from our background, people flashing money or showing, you know, how much they're making, um, it can be looked at as negative. But at the same time, you know, if you if you're in a position where, you know, a lot of people have eyes on you and you show you just made 10K in, uh, in two weeks or something like that, you're like, damn, if he can do it. He look like me. Shit. Why not me? Why can't I do it? Um and, and that's what I see a lot on social media as well. You know, I see people making, you know, 50K in a week or 100K months. And I'm like, damn, they can do it. I can do it too. So it gives me a target to go towards and also lets me know what's possible. So um, that plays a huge role in kind of making sure individuals actually can trust me. And I'm super vulnerable as well. Like when I make a mistake, I'm going to let you know because it's a teachable moment, not just for me, but for my audience as well. So I have that kind of authenticity as well that helps.
3: That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, I ask that because I feel like a lot of like the older generations don't really take the millennials seriously, like mm-hmm. they know it all, and yeah, not the case. Especially with our generation, like we are onto something. So yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs>
3: you know, your input on that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: i feel like i had another question i just it just
3: slipped yeah. i definitely did but it's kind of going towards like investing and trading and i feel like we should do a part two of this episode
2: because yeah. <laughs> i just have so many questions that i'm like yeah. this
3: ain't even we
0: ain't got all night to be talking about these I know <laughs> sun coming down i'm fully awake now
3: but yeah, I mean, I don't have anything as far as like relationships and finance. I think we pretty much covered all the bases as far as that goes. But I definitely mm-hmm. like to have you back for part two about like investing, trading, starting a business, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: definitely with it. I'm definitely with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just let me know for real. This is this is definitely fun. A great conversation. Well, um, yeah. I'm glad we got to touch on some things that I don't traditionally get to talk about on podcasts, like you know, finances and relationships. So that was dope um so mm-hmm. yeah
3: thank you for coming we yeah, like thank, you it. You so thank you so much next time it'll be in person when miss rona leave
0: okay
1: yeah yes. definitely I
3: would, I would
2: love to have this conversation in person and mm-hmm. without the, te- 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 the technology and the lagging and the internet and
3: yeah yeah bear with us people they look it's a lifelong ass podcast so they know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're used to it by now i think yeah they're used to it <laughs> I mean,
2: we had a run, but we got it together.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely.
2: We definitely did. I think the connection got
3: better as the conversation went on, too. So, we yeah. definitely did. It, that's funny. The connection got better as the conversation went on because the connect, y'all get it? No, the connection went. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. It went over my head. I don't that, know you
0: We went straight over, <laughs> over, man. I'm like. <laughs>
3: Okay, girl. <laughs> all right, maybe I need some, maybe I'm just,
0: yeah. Yeah, I the,
3: the wine hit, the wine hit, we understand.
2: I was gonna ask you guys, did you guys have a quote that you guys wanted to end with at all? And then also, Brian, um, before we even do the quote, do you wanna like, plug yourself again, just for, you know, the people that may have skipped what you said earlier, or need to find you on social media or your websites?
1: Yep. So um, you can find me on social media at, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the infamous CPA. Um, you can check out my blog at theinfamouscpa.com. And um, if you're looking for any of those resources that I mentioned earlier, put the link in my bio on Instagram or Twitter, and you'll find all of those resources there. Perfect. All right. So, all right.
2: I got a quote.
3: Oh, okay. Go ahead. I have one too. I have pulled one up. Yeah, I got one too. Oh. You got one too. Okay,
1: Brian, you go first. You go first. You gonna give us your quote?
0: All right. You know, I was first let me pull it up. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So, uh, my quote is something I said on Twitter um, a couple of days ago. Was that it doesn't matter how many people believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. And the reason um, I chose this quote is because. Uh, self confidence is so important, like in anything that you do. And I just want to reiterate, you know, over and over again that you have to believe in yourself before you can, you know, see whatever you want coming to fruition. So if you don't believe in yourself, you know, the world isn't going to believe in you. Your customers aren't going to believe in you, you know, or whoever you're trying to reach isn't going to believe in you. So that's really the first step to doing anything you want to do is, you know, that self belief. So believe in your damn self, goddammit. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great one. i like that mm-hmm. quick simple and simple one, quick. one is just like three words honestly and it is you are the greatest project you will ever work on
2: thanks I, I like that quote i had read that quote not that long ago and i was like oh that's that's a good one
0: <laughs> you're right i'm still working on me
3: yeah
2: right yeah you're gonna be a project your entire life girl just hate yourself <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm.
2: your <laughs> project but until the day you die just keep just patience
3: <laughs> okay yeah Michael actually goes along with that too and what brian said it says dear self you are worthy do not auction your worth for acceptance or dilute your authenticity for validation Good.
1: Mm. okay i like that <laughs> and
2: lastly mine is Freedom comes with the ability to make peace with this moment exactly as it is now without having to wait for something to change first. Mm-hmm. And that's something I have to constantly remind myself, like, just accept things as they are, learn from them, move forward, like, just yeah. that peace of mind, you ain't carrying a whole on to everything or waiting for mm-hmm. something to happen for you to think that you're going to have peace. So yeah. just a little
3: reminder. Yeah, that's good all right well this was great again thank you brian for joining us we're going to put all the information that you said in um our description so people can click oh, cool. our description box but that's another topic of conversation um <laughs> so thank you oh, thank you for having me
1: it's definitely a <laughs> dope conversation i enjoy myself i'm a little late off the crown so
0: <laughs> i
1: can't complain <laughs> well,
2: thank you so much we're excited to plan part two with you because I have more questions that were not related to this topic. So mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, we cool. can do like a,
1: uh, well, no, nah, that's only two people. I was going to say, we can do an Instagram live, but I'm like, damn, that's only two we, people. We I don't know, still I have... do it
2: if we happen to All be together. together. Yeah. yeah. We will
1: make that happen. We'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah, it out. we figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Bye.
2: All right, Laura, you can stop recording. Stop recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>